back to uh, A&B Sports Media, the podcast. My name's AJ. And I'm Bill. And let's get right into it. Hell yeah. We got some news for you this week. Uh, we're going to get through a couple different things going on, just like events going on right now. Um, I'll definitely go into more detail later about UFC 284. That is this weekend on Saturday, February 11th, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That's, again, UFC 284. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Islam Makhchev. Um, and then there's a bunch of other fights in there. But like I said, I'm going to be going deep into that later in this episode. You also have on um, Friday, you have Friday night fights. This is something I'm going to start bringing up a little bit more. Um, this is from one uh, championship. They are on every Friday and they are on YouTube. So you can catch them on YouTube for free. So it's something new. Um that's going to be, it's not any like main big fighters with them or anything like that, but hey, it's free fights to watch on Friday nights. Um, lastly, um, I think that we have on news-wise that I wanted to bring up, also going in with um, Logan Paul, I wanted to kind of touch back up on this and exactly what I was talking about last time. Logan Paul just got sponsored by the UFC. And basically, what is happening now with this? It's Logan Paul's sports drink. It's called Prime. And the agreement is kind of nuts. Basically, what's going to happen is there's no more red corner or blue corner. It's the Prime Hydration Zone. It sounds pretty freaking terrible. I'm not going to lie. And... I don't know how they're going to do it when it comes to, you know, in this, in the red hydration prime zone, we have, no, that sounds awful. (laughs) Um, I'm hoping they say the red zone or the blue zone now, but this is something with the UFC that I've been noticing more. And we may see it with other um, fight organizations soon, but they're getting, they are sponsoring everything else, but the fighters, everything is a sponsorship. Like, if you look at the bottom of, like, the mat of the octagon, mm-hmm. sponsors everywhere. On the poles, sponsors everywhere. The fight clock is brought to you by whoever. This um, intermission is brought to you by whoever. It's all being sponsored, but none of it's going to the fighters. And that is something that fighters definitely need to do something about, but it's also something that the UFC just controls. Yeah. Um, but that's one thing I just wanted to bring back up because, honestly, I'm kind of getting disgusted with how much sponsorship there is and i know this may hurt my chances with ever meeting dana white in the ufc but it is what it is um i just don't i don't like how much how it's taking so much away from the fighters that we're learning about sponsorships more than anything else um last but not least uh when it comes to mma news fedor emilianenko has finally retired uh fedor emilianenko is currently 46, he's a very old fighter, but he fought before yeah. UFC, uh, Bellator, and one were even around. He was fighting during Pride and Strike Force. This man is a World Combat Sambo champion, Judo Federation National Champion. He was a absolute terror when it comes to mixed martial arts for many years. And he had a face of just pure stone cold, never, you know gave anyone emotion he just was there yeah and those eyes could kill (laughs) um unfortunately in his retirement fight with bellator mma in the heavyweight uh, division he did get knocked out in the first round it is what it is but he had a nice little retirement send-off had a little speech thanking everybody um but at this point he is done and that is basically the end of an era when it comes to old fighters in like uh before the ufc and bellator where, you know, they were the pioneers of everything. Yeah, good for him. I mean, being at that age, he is... Yeah, 46 is tough. There's only, there's actually, I think, like, one other fighter that's still going at 46. If not, I think he just retired, too. Um, But I'm going to look into him later, because I I remember who he is, but I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, Lastly, uh, we're going to do our lovely today events in sports history. I shouldn't say lovely. I already hate the one date that I found. Boo. And I, 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 it's a, it's a sad day for all of us in Philadelphia. 
because in 2005, Super Bowl 39 happened. And it was in Jacksonville, Florida with the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles where they lost 24 to 21, cheated their way there. I will die on this hill. Everyone that streams us in New England, all one of you, it's, <laughs> it's, it was cheating. Um, but beyond that, other things that were really going on in sports history, um, besides, you know, weird cocaine tests that was just happening that came up. Um, oh, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, um, in 1967, pummels Ernie Terrell for 15 rounds to retain his uh, heavyweight uh, boxing crown at Houston Astrodome. He's, he's the champ. Yeah, he is. He is the greatest. Um, 1968, we also had the 10th Winter Olympic Games as we were following up with Winter Games from last year, or last episode, too. And then also, this is actually pretty cool. I didn't even think about this. 1970, NBA expands to 18 teams. They're adding four more. Buffalo, Cleveland, Houston, and Portland. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that, actually, uh, which teams were coming in at what time. There's our little basketball fact for the first time in a while. <laughs> yeah, be, being in the age where, like, most of the, the leagues have their teams. I think the only one's doing uh, expansion teams is the NHL right now. So, like, and I know that NFL is looking to try and get a team in Mexico or uh, UK, somewhere around there. Um, it, it it's It's cool to look back and see, like, how it all – But that is all I really got on the today in sports history. Sweet. Um, so moving on to continue what we did last week, um, going sticking with a little bit of esports. Yeah. Uh, LCS had another week going, and um, there was one team that that came out as as purely dominant, and that was FlyQuest. They're the only team that's undefeated currently four and zero. Um, they went up against um, arguably one of the probably second or third best team right now, Cloud9, and just dominated them. Yeah. Absolutely dominated them. Um, it was interesting to see. Um, and another little tidbit that I, I think is pretty cool is I know that uh, Double Lift got revenge on his old team. Mm. Um, it's interesting, too, because he, he took a hiatus from uh, professional esports for a little bit. And he came back this year, and he's he's looked really good. Good. He looks he's looked really good. Yeah, Double Lift was on TSM originally, right? Yep. yep okay. He was. So that's a little. It, the The more weeks go on, the more we'll we'll get an idea of like what certain teams are, how people yeah. are doing. Um, but FlyQuest right now is just showing pure dominance in all the games. Um, right, like. Across the community, I think everyone would agree that FlyQuest is the team to beat. And right now, we don't know who who. who so FlyQuest right now is like the Eagles. Yes. Okay. Yes, except a lot more, you know, respect on their name. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little little esports for you, a little tidbit. Um, yep. if you are intrigued with uh, keeping up with some of the esports. Um, you can watch a lot of the games on YouTube. Yep. Um, Riot Games also streams it a little bit too. Yeah, Riot um, Games is the parent company of League of Legends. Yes, yes, correct. And there is events coming up next week on actually not next week. I'm sorry, uh, at the end of this week, Thursday, February 9th. Yeah, uh, Thursday and Friday. Um, they that's when they have their games. That's when all the teams plays, and, and you only get two games a week, but. It tells you a lot, especially with the, the competition they have. So, But just a note, I'm actually using Barstool Sports this week for my sports betting options, probably because I had money in there from when the Eagles won the uh, NFC Championship. Yeah. So with that being said, I actually found out with Barstool specifically, you can bet on eSports. So if you want to really start getting into that, look into Barstool Sportsbook for their uh, eSports LCS. You can even bet on CSGO. That's something I don't think we'll really cover much, but yeah, I think we'll start getting into it if like if more it, people are yeah. intrigued by esports. But for now, we're going to stick with something yeah. that we at least know a decent amount. But honestly, I could see if you wanted to take FlyQuest against the other team, Evil Geniuses, for minus one eighty two, and then do a parlay for their other game against the Hundred Thieves because the Hundred Thieves I do not think are doing so hot right now. Uh, well, so a Hundred Thieves are oh, they're three are and doing, one. Yeah, they're one of the okay. so the, the top five game. teams respectively, are FlyQuest, Evil Genius, Cloud9, 100 Thieves, and TSM. All right. Um, a little parlay action. A little, little upset with, with uh, Team Liquid. They have they have 
probably been one of the more disappointing teams to watch, especially from. It's a jungle death. <laughs> so it. I actually have no idea who the jungler is for Team Liquid right now. So if it isn't a jungle death, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know who you are, Amaro. Jungle death. Yeah. <laughs> um. But Whippo, yeah, he he he's such a goddamn good top laner that like it, it's. We're little... gonna have to explain League of Legends one day if we do this. We're gonna have the, the well, esports episode is gonna be huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when we do the episode, I feel like that's when we'll describe it. What is more. a top lane? Yeah, top lane, oh, mid God, lane, but there there's so much there. But um, so that's a little tidbit yeah. in in uh, esports uh, League of Legends. If you if you want to like look more into it, uh, just go on lolesports.com. Um, and it, it's a fun time, especially pro, pro play. Yeah. Um, moving on to what will probably be the biggest event um, this whole weekend, the culmination of a season-long of, depending on what team you are, misery, uh, season-long uh, happiness and, and stress. Mostly and stress. Mostly stress, even when your team's doing as well as they should be. But that's the Philly way. Uh, the Super Bowl is this weekend, yeah. and uh, and 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 Bill, you you're probably not going to be able to watch it. No, I actually will be on a flight home from Denver to back here to back to Philadelphia between five o'clock in the afternoon to eleven in the afternoon. So you're either going to come back to happy people flipping cars on fire and maybe even like helping you out, or angry people flipping cars on fire and not helping you out. Mm-hmm. So it's I, a real coin flip here. I am. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they win, obviously. But I, I'm gonna. I guarantee. I'm gonna fly around, and uh, and when we're flying back, our captain's gonna be. And you see, that you know, Philadelphia is currently burning. There's fires everywhere. Couches flipped. People on the top of the uh, tallest building in Philadelphia just yelling, "Go birds!" You're I'm go- okay with this. You're gonna be like a pilot in a, a war zone. There's gonna be fireworks going off if they yes. win, and your pilot's gonna have to dodge them. Yes, actually, I believe that. So that that that's that's where the most fun this weekend's going to be had. I'm hoping there's a TV um, on those flights, man. I am so hoping I can watch it. Well, so so the media day is coming up, right? Um, and we had that beautiful Alshon Jeffrey uh, tidbit of uh, calling all this trash, like the media mm-hmm. portion of it. He just came here to, to 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 play a Super Bowl and and win it. Um, so like. As the week goes on, we'll get more like tidbits of like how the players are feeling, what what their thoughts are, and on everything like that. Um, from last year's Super Bowl, I'm curious too because last year's Super Bowl, uh, Joe Burrow actually indicated it was after the Super Bowl. Yeah, but he said that when he was playing in the Super Bowl, he felt like he was playing for a whole bunch of rich people, not for like, you know, the fans that he's used to. I I mean, I can't afford, and keep in mind. I, I looked the prices up because I don't have money like that, but I was I always love to see what rich people money can do. Yep. I don't have money for six grand for a ticket. Yeah, and like not good seats. No, they're shit seats. Yeah. They they are nosebleeds yeah. and like, you know, upper level where there's a pole in front of you. Yeah. And that and that's a, a crazy dichotomy that's happening like throughout multiple years. But it I'm curious to see how many Eagles fans are willing to pay that price. A good amount, but, yeah, I think. Exactly. So I'm curious to see if if that'll be like the same type of uh, environment as last year's, um, or if it'll just be like completely different. Because I remember last time the Eagles had a Super Bowl, um, it felt like an Eagles home game. Yeah. Um, I don't. I forget how much the prices were then. Probably I, the I, same. I honestly don't think they were as bad. Probably. I mean, you know probably what? Like, they probably get price gouged by you know, one the whoever the handles the ticket Ticketmaster. Oh yeah. We we hate Ticketmaster. We we do. Um, but little tidbits before we get into the full game, just on uh, Eagles and Chiefs. Um, Jason Kelsey obviously has been playing out of his mind, that especially been at at the age he's he's at. He's probably arguably the best center in in the game right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are worried that this would be his last year. So obviously that came up, and they're like, "Hey, like, have you thought about the future? What are your thoughts are?" And he said, "Right now." I'm just enjoying it. I'm loving the people I'm with. I'm loving my teammates. And my favorite part of it, he said, right now, he hasn't decided anything, but he's leaning towards running it back with the same squad. Oh, shit. He All said, right. win or lose, doesn't matter. Like, if, if, if the same squad's back, because, like, there is genuine love throughout that whole team. Um, he said he's leaning towards running it back, which it's going to be amazing. Like, I, I'd be so happy yeah. about that. Um, so that, that that's something that 
came up uh, right before they actually left for Arizona. Um, and another little little contentious thing that happened recently is uh, Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Um, I don't know how they kind of got this out of him, but he was talking to the press and he was saying how he thinks that the Chiefs uh, offense is going to pretty much show how un- underdeveloped and little manpower the Eagles secondary has. Yeah. Um, he was saying how if um, his exact words were uh, before unfortunate circumstances is what he said, um, that they were planning on exposing them, um, that they had this whole plan going through it, but obviously unfortunate circumstances happen, in which case, like, I mean, you you let a backup tight end block Hassan Reddick. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's your game plan. So I can't fully believe that. Um, I also think that, there isn't a lot of faith in the Eagles secondary outside of Philly, which is kind of weird to me because you have James Bradbury and, and Slay who are disgustingly good. Sage Garner uh, Johnson, who for like he got injured and still for like four weeks after he was leading the league in interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it'll be as easy as a lot of people think, uh, but it's definitely going to be a, a battle. But I would I always love the uh, the because I know a bunch of Giants fans and a bunch of uh. 49er fans haven't been too graceful in their defeat. And to be fair, Philly definitely wouldn't either, but we wouldn't, you know, say, yeah. like, oh, we could have done this. Like, if, if our QB got hurt, which happened before in the playoffs against Seattle, when Carson Wentz got a concussion, there was no, like, people weren't handing us, like, uh, tissues and stuff like that. It was kind of like, well, you guys, that, that's your fault. And instead, when Brock Purdy got hurt, I feel like there was a lot more um, – compassion in that regard um but it, it's interesting to see from at least a, a player's perspective too um what they were seeing what because they they go up against like this team and they go up against the sea stuff so i'm curious to see what he sees um if kansas city sees it too if they could perform on it if he just saw something that wasn't there so i'm curious to see how Sunday's going to play out in that regard um and something that I it, it'll make me nervous until it actually happens. It's the very beginning of the game. Uh, you get your captains go out. The referee says all the rules, all that fun stuff. And then there's a coin toss. That there is. And the and the last eight times, the winner of the coin toss has lost the game. In the yeah, past eight showings, which well, is crazy. I can't add that. Sorry, Wait. I'm making my crazy be- uh, parlay. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, I'll keep rambling. Keep going. Um, but it, it it concerns me because like obviously that's that's one of those like far fetched stats that's cool on paper to see, but it really doesn't have an effect. But I don't want to be the knife. <laughs> I don't want us to win the I get it. the uh, coin toss and then oh well game's over. Um, something I've been noticing too throughout I guess like the Twitter sphere and just like Eagles community is that the Chiefs fans are really cool. Like I, so really? I, I personally had, and I, I didn't think that they would be anything but, but I haven't any had any personal experiences with them, but just throughout all of uh, Eagles Twitter and stuff like that, I know a few of them have now been like gone to Arizona and stuff, and some of them have been like, yeah, like Giants, 49ers, like, like it when we face them, it's like, yeah, no, we we're we're coming to crush you, like you you guys suck, yada yada, like all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but when these people are kind of like near Chiefs fans, they're like, I want to shake your hand. Okay. Like, like let's have a pot roast. Let's, let's have fun. Let's together. have a pot roast. Yeah. I would <laughs> love a pot roast. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's cool to see that in regard. Cause like, and I'm also curious too, cause I know a good majority of Eagles fans. And I, I said before that there's this weird, like um, weird dichotomy between bills and Eagles fans. Yeah. You know, whenever the bills play that happens, but, I feel like with Andy Reid being there, Travis That's Kelsey, the big thing, though, with Andy Reid. Exactly. I feel like there's a weird thing where, like, the Eagles fans kind of want some the Chiefs to win sometimes and a whole bunch of stuff like that. I mean, when they were in it last time, we were like, when the Chiefs were in there, we were like, all right, we want Andy to win because exactly. he was our old coach. Yeah, we wanted him but to get a ring. Now that's over. Oh, yeah. Now, now it's, it's us. We're but like, uh, now nah, fuck you, Andy. But I'm curious if it's kind of like the same thing just because of, like, you know, with the, with the Kelsey brothers and stuff like that. If there's, like, that weird, like, connection where we're like, we want you guys to win. Yeah. So. Um, that's kind of been like the news around the game, stuff like that. Now let's get into the actual game. I know that we alluded to it uh, last week a little bit, and kind of went briefly into it, but 
Um, the more and more I get closer, the more and more anxiety I have. And the next six days are not going to be fun to deal with because we have to wait six days to see how this all plays out. And this is the biggest game of the year. And for me, in my opinion, the Chiefs have been here multiple times, so I feel like they don't have this type of um, type of pressure on them a little bit. And with Mahomes being a little bit dinged up, I feel like for Eagles, it's win or this whole season meant nothing. Yeah. that They say a weird pressure of, like, you can't lose here. Because if you lose and come home, like, you've just wasted a full season where normally, like, you get to the Super Bowl, you're like, all right, sweet, we made it, like, that's fun. Like, oh, it sucks that we lost, but, like, we fought hard, yada, yada. But, like, throughout the season, you look like the best team, even mm-hmm. out throughout playoffs. So, like, you have to win this. Yes. Because if not, then it looks like everything else before that, it kind of um, influences the biases. Like, yeah, their schedule was easy. Yeah, they were frauds. Yeah, see, Kansas City, they went up against a good team and lost. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you win this. It doesn't It doesn't have to be, like, a decisive win, but you got to win. Yeah. And I feel like there's that pressure there. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm confident that the, the players know it's there, but they're not going to let it affect. Yes. Throughout the whole season, they've been they've been really good. They've been very well coached. The captains, especially Hertz, have been been good on grounding people. Especially when you're winning by a lot, like he, he's straight face. Like mm-hmm. job's not done. Job's not done. He won't stop until the game is over. Exactly. And I know they asked him. He was, they were like, uh, "What was your favorite like thing that happened throughout the season?" He was like, "Season's not over. We got one more mm-hmm. game." So I'm I'm curious to see how this this plays out. I, uh, again, kind of going back to last week. Going back to last week, um, I think this comes down to more of the trenches, and I think that our O-line and D-line is significantly better than theirs. Um, it's really going to be how much do they contain Jalen Hurts and how much do the secondary uh, let Mahomes cook. Yeah. Because if you can contain Hurts, he'll still kill you passing-wise, but that, that takes a lot of the other parts of the game that make Philly really good away. Mm-hmm. And if you can get pressure on Mahomes quickly and make him start kind of second-guessing, and especially if you double-team Kelsey, he's going to look to him in trouble, and he might make a few mistakes. So it it really comes down to which defense gets pressure and contains, because both offenses are going to play. Yes. Um, the spread for the game is right now Eagles are minus a point-and-a-half favorites. Uh, the money line, this is based off of uh, – Whatever ESPN has given me, I believe it, it differs based on each individual. Uh, yeah, every website's going to be a little bit different. Um, the money line is minus 125. I when, when things are this close, I tend to not bet either of them. Like I a, bet the money line in those cases. I don't do spread in this one. Yeah, and even that, the money line doesn't give you enough for the risk. Yeah, right now it's, my, it's plus 100 for the Chiefs, minus 121 for the Eagles. This is based off Barstool. So ESPN's a little different. It's plus 105, minus... 125. Yeah, 125. But, again, that's all going to change. This is being recorded on Monday night um, before the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens. I currently have made... Um, hang on, I'm going to do one more. I'm trying to have one more added line in here, but I don't think it's going to work. Because I'm trying to do some crazy stuff about field goals, um, scoring. Let's see if this adds in. Oh, and real quick, something that uh, <laughs> that I, that has been happening throughout this whole week is that good old jury duty gets everyone, even Eagles fans. But oh, no, no, this is this is this is the fun part. Um, normally, whenever you do roll call, they mm-hmm. ask you to say here or whatever. Whenever oh, they say yeah. roll call, all the Eagles fans have been saying "Go Birds" <laughs> as their their roll call. So wherever you go, that that chance that chance following. No, that's a good. That's funny. That's funny as hell. Okay, I have a couple bad bets coming in. They're lovely parlays. You know what? Let me see what this one is. I think this is too much, but let me see if this cap hits it. Yeah, plus 12, plus 12,500. All righty. So I have a couple different ones for the football ones because I was doing multiple ones for this one. Let's just see. Let's make sure it wagered. All right. So I have currently three parlays going on. Uh, one of them... I forgot. I gotta remind myself. Oh, actually, two parlays, one straight bet. 
And then I forgot I had my NFL championship winner. So that one don't count. So the first one's actually called a scoregami. Have you ever heard of this? I have. And yeah. there's, there's a Twitter Twitter handle yeah. that specifically tweets out if there's been a yep. scoregami. And again, and that that's the most important thing. So what a scoregami is, it refers to a final score that has never happened before in the NFL. Correct. Settled using NFLscoregami.com. That's how the Twitter handle I think works too. But that was plus fifteen hundred, so I said screw it. I'll put five bucks on that. Eighty dollar payout. If that happens, hey, you win. If not, all right, you move on. Moving on to the other two bets that I have. These ones are a little bit bigger. Um, oh, my touchdown prop bets and then the weird field goals and then the other one. So I have Boston Scott to score, Dallas Goddard to score, and A.J. Brown to score, followed by three over three and a half total successful field goals. Um, that was, I believe, if it shows me the odds, yep, plus 1300 $650 payout. Do me a favor. Yeah. Instead of the Boston Scott one, put in Kenny Gamewell. I already bet this oh, one. Oh, you already bet this one? Oh, yeah, no. I, you, do you still have the uh, the slip up to see how much? Uh, I Kenny will Gamewell in won? a second, okay. yeah. Um, I can pull that back up because I have one other one. So I'm going with Boston Scott a lot on this one. Total rushing yards by player. Boston Scott over 19 and a half. Hmm. That's a risky one, though. I don't know if he's going to get over 20 yards, but I'm like, it's only 20, um, 20 rushing yards. That's not bad. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Um, total successful field goals by the Philadelphia Eagles over one and a half. I mean, I wear a Jake Elliott jersey, so I will do that. Total passing yards by the player, Jalen Hurts, over 240. Total passing yards by the player, Mahomes, I have over 349 and a half. Hmm. So that's a deep one. And then I took the money lines on Philadelphia Eagles. And then the fuck you bet total interceptions thrown by the player, Patrick Mahomes, over a half. So as long as he throws one interception, that counts. There you go. And just on the Boston Scott thing, the past three games, he's rushed over at least 20 yards. Hey, let's keep that one in mind. I may do like a whole rushing yard parlay, too. But I'll look into that later. I, but... think, I think your best bet is do the rushing yards with the Eagles and then yes. the new, do passing. Passing with the passing, other one. Yeah, with Definitely the would do that. But let me go back to the touchdown scorers for you and figure that out. So Also, fun fact, Kenny Gainwell. That's right. I forgot about Kenny has, Gainwell. He scored. Has rushed respectively from the 49ers and the two Giants games. 48 yards, 112-35. Goddard, A.J. Brown. And now I'm curious. I wonder how much Miles Sanders has, has – he's been doing pretty well too. So last – the 49ers, he had Kenny touchdowns. Kenny Gainwell's plus 310. How much is Boston Scott? Boston Scott is where's he at? I just had him. Hang on, sorry. Uh, plus four sixty. I would take Boston Scott. I'm gonna take Gainwell. Honestly, I would take both. Yeah, either one. I would... hear, hear me out. 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 I'm listening. I'm listening. All right, we take we take Kenny Gainwell. Uh, am I not? Oh, sorry. I'm in the what Barstool's systems kind of messed me up there. Okay, Kenny Gainwell. Let's go. Hold on, before before you get into Kenny Gamewell, I do want to say something that just I just in the yeah. pa- the past three games, Boston Scott has scored. Exactly. So right now I'm at plus twenty five hundred for Gainwell and Boston Scott alone. And then let's say AJ Brown, like you want it. This yeah. is without the field goals though. That's plus six thousand for those three. For Gainwell, Scott, and AJ Brown. Hmm. Here's what I'm going to do, too. I'm going to also put in for myself Juju Smith. And get... I, it, so, if we're talking about um, we're going guess... to talk about Chiefs players that should score a touchdown, I don't think it should be Juju, just because he, he also would be coming off of a... Uh... Oh, is he coming off injury? Mm-hmm. All right, let's get rid of him then. Um, who I would say to score a touchdown for uh... Clyde Edwards. No, do not touch him. <laughs> I I, was, I just saw the name I, Isaiah Pacheco. I wouldn't even say Pacheco. I, you're, obviously, the safest bet would be uh, Travis. Would be Travis Kelsey. How much? He's, That's he's minus one twenty. Be... That's boring. Yeah, but um, let's see what it does. Uh... Plus, uh, you know what? It does plus ten thousand. I'm digging it then because that's a five hundred dollar win then. Okay. Um, I would. Probably say, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to a MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling. Let me see. Let's see. Let's see. Or Tony, one of those two. Because Pacheco, 
He's been used a lot, but he hasn't really gotten any touchdowns. You um, said Marquez? Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Got it. He's plus 225. Let's add him into this. So that's okay. another... Let's see how many bets this is. I don't know because it's loading. Oh, that's a number I like. Hold on real quick. So what do we need for this to hit? I'm going to pull that up right now. And then we'll, we'll, we'll hit him with the, the fun. Okay. So you need Marquez to score, Travis to score, A.J. Brown to score, Boston Scott to score, and Kenneth Gainwell to score. That is plus 42500 $5 bet equals $2,130. That's a bad bet right there. That that's that's a that's that, a bad bet. That's getting around. wagered right now. Yeah, that is a that is. <laughs> I will gladly take that bad bet. If that hits, that hits. I I cry on the plane. We're going. To oh my god, I'm gonna be on the plane. Oh yeah, we're going to. You wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't know until. I, as long as they have TVs on the plane, I don't know. I doubt they do. You can get the Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna risk. Cause cause who are you flying? United. United has TVs usually. Well, yeah, but they normally tell you you have to like pay for stuff. I can pay. F- I will pay for the damn Super Bowl. I, I'm just letting you know you're gonna. I won't pay eighty dollars spending... for pay per view for UFC. Sorry, but I will pay for the damn Super Bowl. You are gonna be spending uh, some of that two thousand to to pay for that. If that, that Super Bowl. all hits, I'm crying. I will cry too. How much is a ten dollar bet? Um, I, I finished it out, so that would be double it. So forty-five. Um, four thousand two hundred and sixty. But remember. Those only, bad bets only go up only to five dollars. We only do we five. We will never go above that. Yes, we will. Not. No. 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 <laughs> I am a good person. I am also gonna save the rest of my bad bets for UFC. So, Bill, who do we think wins? Objectively. Objectively, the Eagles. Okay. Biasly. Statistically, the Eagles. Biasly, the Eagles. Statistically, they would be. It's fifty-fifty. They would, they would I be see tied. It. Yeah, but they, they have the exact same um, they have the exact same record, both number one in their respective conferences, both the exact same amount of uh, points scored with 547. Oh, what's that? Rushing touchdowns also do six points. Wild. So it's it's gonna be real cool to see these two face off. It's gonna be great. It, I am excited th- for the games. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm also very nervous, but I also think the Eagles are gonna win. I, I I'd agree, but obviously Super Bowl with this team. And Andy Reid being I will a, bet your life on it, AJ. <laughs> don't do that. Andy Reid is a mad scientist. He'll figure something out where I'm going to watch and be like, I hate this man so much right now. I wonder if we're going to see any crazy trick plays, though. 100% will. Yeah. 100% will. Um, so that's that. A chiefy chiefy. Never do that again. <laughs> um, so that's that for the NFL. Um, and I believe now we want to kind of like talk a little bit more about what what is what has happened? Uh, the what, what has happen. happened and what will happen with the UFC. All right, so I wrote out most of this one because a lot happened this weekend with UFC, and then we have the uh, next weekend with the UFC 284. So what I'm gonna do is pull this up and keep my notes because I'm not gonna go through every fight. There was some that I went through last week that I wanted to bring back up. And then some that I didn't even talk about. Uh, there was actually a draw last uh, this fight card too, which is huge. Huh. You don't see those often. Interesting. So, oh, they did get okay. So we actually get to see just performance of the night. Okay, so there was actually um, a couple different finishes going on, especially with the prelim. But you know what I didn't talk about, and I didn't know what it is. No, what? Um, it was actually an event going on for this card, for the fight, um, UFC fight night. It's called the Road to UFC. Road to UFC was basically like um, one of the previous shows that was on um, TV before, known as the Ultimate Fighter. But this one it was based in Southeast Asia. So you had a lot of fighters from Japan, South Korea, China, etc., in order to, you know, get their chance to fight in the UFC. So it was pretty big for them. Um, that includes Tatsuro Tariara versus Jesus Aguilar. He had a beautiful submission in the first round. Um, originally, Jesus Aguilar took him down and then just lost ground control and then went right into the submission. Um, so that was pretty good. It was only in four minutes and 20 seconds of the first round, so that was pretty lit. 
Um, a middleweight bout that happened right after on the prelim that I brought up last time um, was Ju Young Park, the Iron Turtle, Ooh. versus Dennis Tulilin. I still didn't understand how to pronounce his name. Tulilin. As I was saying before about that, too, um, there was also another submission done by the Iron Turtle. Um, great striking um, and was focusing on the left side of Dennis. Um, Julian Park was just kind of piecing up slowly and surely. Got a takedown and took the ground control on him, started ground and pound, beating the crap out of him until he got to his back and then just rear naked choked him at four minutes and five seconds. Nice. Yep. It was a good one. Um, oh, this was good. Um, Rinya Nakamura versus Toshime Kazama. Oh, my God. As I put in my notes, the first word was, holy shit. <laughs> Kazama um, was coming out like a bat out of hell, but Nakamura was just even scarier. I like They went out swinging, like straight up slugfest. Definitely something Nakamura is going to need to keep an eye on as he was getting pieced up but throwing power bombs back to the point where it was a knockout in the first 33 seconds of the wow. fight. Very nice job from Nakamura. Definitely needs to work on it, some of his shit. But overall, fantastic job. Um, oh, this was big to me, actually. Um, last, uh, the pre main prelim fight, um, Jekka Sargi versus Ansel Jubli. Ansel Jubli is actually the second ever Indian fighter to beat on UFC. Really? Yeah, that India doesn't have a big prefer, uh, presence whatsoever. So I was glad to see it. And he actually won via knockout in the second round. Um, Jekka was very cocky in the beginning, you know, uh, sticking out his tongue, making funny faces. Yeah. And because he thought he can fight around, like, you know, he's striking. Um, the one thing about Jubilee that he's definitely going to need to work on is his stance. He need to bounce a little bit more because he was a little too static okay. and a little flat-footed because he was getting kicked hard in the calf. However, though, his ground, ground game was good. Got okay. a takedown, got ground and pound, got the finish. So very happy for him. Well, if you're getting kicked in the leg, would, would, wouldn't you want to kind of like be more like, I guess, up on your toes instead of like kind of Yeah, you want to be on the yeah. balls of your feet, bouncing around, checking the kicks. Because if you're just letting it plant there, all the force is going into your calf, yeah. into your thigh, into your knee. And you don't want to stand there. It is terrible. Yeah. Okay, so after that was uh, the actual main card. Um, I'm not going to go through every single one, but the majority of them. Um, but the first fight was Adam Fugit versus Yusaku Ken Kenso Shita. It was actually a very good fight from Adam. Um, very well done, honestly. Uh, back and forth in the beginning, but Adam wanted to take it to the ground. Had some success. But his striking overall, overall was more superb. At one at one minute and 51 of the first round, he had a nice left-hand cross. Right on the chin, dropped Kensho. He followed up with a beautiful knee. Oops, sorry. Nope, he followed up with a right hook first, then a knee. There you go. And then a takedown into a ground-to-pound submission for a round one TKO at four minutes and 36 seconds. So the next fight is Dave, or, sorry, Duho Choi versus Kyle Nelson. Um, Duho Choi was the Superboy fighter that I was talking about last week that we wanted to see what would happen, you know, with him coming back from the military, injuries, etc. So we'll see what happened. So it was a big win for both that was needed, uh, potentially losing their career afterwards. But um, round one was a lot of switching on uh, ground control, not really much going on, but Choi seemed like he was getting the upper hand. Round two, Nelson, though, does land a nice hard left hook. That stuns Choi into a knee, an elbow, and then some follow-up strikes. Here's where it gets sad, though. Because overall, Choi was still winning the fight. Uh, still piecing him up. Still had good ground control. That was just a good highlight from Nelson in round two. Yeah. Choi in round three had top control. But as he was uh, on mount, pulls his head in and does a headbutt. Which is illegal. Yeah. We don't want that. So the referee deducted a point, And when the rounds went to decision, it was a split decision or a majority draw. Because yeah. he was winning in the eyes of the ref, but when they lost the point, everything turned to 28-28. Yeah. So that is a draw for them. What does it do for their careers? I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen with Superboy and Kyle Nelson. They may not even be with the UFC because they now have had basically 
three fights in a row that are losses and then a boring, not a boring, but an anticlimactic finish. That's rough. It is. Um, and this was the decision. So we're just going to go right on to the main event. Sergey Spivak versus Derek Lewis. Um, so basically this went how I thought it could go when it comes to Derek Lewis. He got taken to the ground and he got beat, which is a shame. Um, very sad about that. But honestly, Sergey's takedown was pretty beautiful though. Um, he went for one takedown, like getting like clinching him up. And as he was holding him, like, on it, more of, like, his waist topside area, like, shoulders, he then moved his arms, like, slowly up to get into a headlock position to throw him onto the ground. Once that happened, it was basically it. Derek couldn't get up and got and basically tried to roll out of it and got rolled into a arm triangle submission. So Derek Lewis's ground game of just get up did not work that time, so he was SOL, and unfortunately... No luck for him. So Derek Lewis is currently on a four-fight losing streak. Dana White still says he wants to keep him around. He's probably going to get um, some lower-level competition, maybe even some unranked fighters that are going to get knocked out, or they may knock him out. Sergey yeah. though, will probably move up into the rankings into number eight or number seven now. Um, that's good for him. He's definitely going to have some stiff competition up there, though. None of the, none of the heavyweights above like the top six, seven are you know pushovers whatsoever especially for their size. Um, but they are going to be definitely some tough competition for him. But, hey, respect to Sergey. Yeah, for real. So that leads us on from last week, and now we have this week. This week, again, UFC 284, Saturday, February 11th at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. If you're somewhere else, check your time zone because I don't know. So there is prelims, early prelims, all of that. Um, when it comes to the early prelims for this one, unfortunately, there's not much I can talk about on, um, because some of the fighters specifically are not even known yet. They don't even have faces on the UFC website. Oh, wow. So I didn't really focus on it this much this time. Um, but one thing to note with this event, UFC 284 is in Perth, Australia. That is because Alexander Volkanovsky is also from Australia. So kind of like how the last uh, card went with the road to UFC, where it was a bunch of Southeastern fighters, you will have, for the majority of the fights, an Australian fighter somewhere on the card um, for each one. Good. Um, which is big. Australian crowds are nuts. They will be there from early prelim to main event, partying the entire time, cheering, booing, etc. It should be a good time. Um, just double-checking if there's anyone else that I missed on prelims and everything not really so i'm not going to focus on them i am going to focus on the four of the five main um oh i can reference one of them too the last one um uh, of the main card basically in this situation so the first fight that we actually have coming up is a lightweight heavy bout versus jimmy crute versus my man and i love the name alonzo minefield Ooh. I think it's actually Meanfield, or I don't know. I think it's Minefield. Alonzo is just a big buff some bitch. I've wa I've seen his fights so far, and they are really good to watch. Um, he's currently on a two fight win streak right now, um, and both were by knockout. I remember watching his one fight versus Mazarov, and kind of actually just made him go unconscious. It was great. So it's been good to watch him. He currently has uh, his record is thirteen and three, um, ten wins by knockout, two wins by submission. Ten of those are first round finishes. So he's Atomic, as his nickname is. His name is Alonzo Atomic Minefield. Hmm. So good on him. Um, striking accuracy is fifty six percent. Landed two hundred and ninety one significant strikes. Eighty two percent of those are to the head. So he is really gunning for CTE. Jesus. But um, <laughs> we'll see how he does against Jimmy Crute. Now, Jimmy Crute's no pushover, and he's also ranked 12 in light heavyweight, so he's seen some action. Now, the thing, though, with Jimmy right now is he's coming off a, I think it's a two-fight, yeah, a two-fight losing streak. He just lost to Anthony Smith, which is a higher-ranking light heavyweight, and then he just recently lost to Jamal Hill. 
Do you remember who Jamal Hill is? Of course. He's the current light heavyweight <laughs> champ of the world. Looked at AJ like, is he learning anything from my, my ramblings? No, I guess not. So, yes, Kroot just lost to Jamal Hill back in 2021, and that was some painful shots that he took. Now, granted, it's been two. It's been about two years now since he's been there, so he's definitely um, rested up. Uh, he's currently twelve and three, five knockouts, four by submission, three by decision. Um, takedown accuracy. Oh, that's a weird takedown accuracy when you have seventy-five percent, but you have one takedown landed, but sixteen attempted. That is not the right number. But I'll keep that in mind. Math is hard. Sometimes. It is hard. Yeah. Striking accuracy, 56%. Significant strikes landed, 160. Um, but only 107 significant strikes to the head. Now, the way I see this going, if Kroot does not keep his hands up, Minefield's going to blow him up. Yeah, I mean, um, he's got the name for it. So Yeah, so here's the thing, though, when it comes to us recording on Mondays, too, and with sports betting for specifically for mixed martial arts and UFC, Bellator, all of them. Odds won't be out for everything until about two or three days before. So right now, I can't give you exactly everything. The only ones that have some information is the main event because people want to bet on that ahead. So in this case, though, I have to guess. I'm not going to give you odds. I'm just going to give you what I recommend. So in this case, I would take Alonzo Minefield to win via knockout in the first round. He's already on 10 of those. Let's see it make it 11. Payout should be pretty solid for that, too. Okay. Um, real quick, I'm going to do this one quickly just because I've seen the one dude fight before. Heavyweight bout, Justin Taffa versus Parker Porter. Um, Justin Taha it Taha, sorry, Taffa, there's an F there, is a wonderful heavyweight striker. I've seen him fight before. I've seen him knock people out. Overall, I think I can see Justin winning by knockout. Yeah. Um, now, this one is actually pretty big. Welterweight. Jack Della uh, Maddalena versus Randy Brown. So Jack Della is currently the new up and rising star in the UFC in the welterweight division. Um, the Dana White privilege is trying to push him up and above to, you know, get him into the top 15 to become a threat to the welterweights yeah. that are coming in. But Randy Brown's no slouch either. I want to make that very clear, um, even though the odds say otherwise. So currently... Jack Della is 13-2. and two. Randy Brown, 16-4. and four. Both coming off wins. Um, and they're both, you know, going by knock. So here's the thing. Jack Della has been all, has 85% knockout percentage, where uh, Randy Brown is 84% decision. So this may be a war of attrition, depending how it goes for Randy Brown. Um, not too much on his other things, but odds-wise, though, total rounds... Um, they're saying actually plus 125 for Jack Della, which is uh, plus 125 for over two and a half rounds. So they're saying it most likely won't go the full thing. Yeah. I would put Jack Della by knockout. I would not put which round though. Okay. Just so it makes it a little easier. Yeah. So the two big ones that we have this weekend, and this is, I want to explain what's happening first before I go into the actual fight. There are two title fights on this card. The featherweight interim title bout and the lightweight title bout. So, the, the reason why there's an interim featherweight bout is because the lightweight title fight has the current featherweight title um, title holder in there. Oh. So, what's going to happen is, depending on the situation in reality, um, whoever wins the interim fight will most likely be fighting who um will be fighting the champ when he comes back down to featherweight. Um, so, this interim title bout is Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. Yair Rodriguez is ranked number two. Josh Emmett is ranked number five. Um, Yair Rodriguez has some very interesting striking. I want to see how it plays out. He's currently on a win right now, off, or what, coming off a win. He's 15-3, and three, six wins by knockout, three by submission, five first-round finishes. Um... Not the most accurate striker, striker, but at a, at the same time, math is hard because he landed 757, and significant strikes attempted was 1,672. Hmm. Definitely, the the thing though is he's a little more evened out. 
Uh, 56 strikes to the head, 18 to the body, 27% to the leg. So he'll try to pe- chop your legs up. Yeah. Um, well, you said he's interesting. What makes what makes this uh, striking interesting? So it's not just um, you know, like normal ones and twos, hooks, etc. They're more flashy like that. Elbows, spinning kicks, etc. High flying knees. Oh. So it's not just you know regular strikes. You're gonna see some beautiful shit as it goes with. Yeah. And it's complete opposite of Emmett, which I'll get back to in a minute. Um, he's he did recently beat Brian Ortega via knockout, which Ortega also went after the belt against Volkanovski, which was an absolute beatdown too. Um, but we'll see how he does. The other fighter, his name is again um, Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett, again, ranked number five of the featherweight division. He is 18-2 and zero, because there's no no contest. Um, Six-fight win streak, uh, six wins by knockout, two by submission. He's not really a submission artist. So when it comes to Josh Emmett, he is all about power. That man throws cinder blocks at you. So one's going to be style and grace. The other one's going to be pure brute force. Um, he's currently, like I said, on a pretty much on a six fight win, as I said, six fight win streak. His last win against Qatar was pretty close. It was a decision, but it was good to see. Um, he's basically right now been on decisions, but his boxing is very nice. We've been, I've been watching the videos of him, uh, practicing striking. He's getting a lot faster, a lot quicker with it. Very good with his takedown defense. I'm curious how it's going to go. I think if Josh does get one good hit, he's going down. So, or Yair's going down. So, the way I would put this, Josh Emmett by knockout, but I could put Yair Yair Rodriguez by knockout as well. I don't know who to take in this fight. Yeah. It would be close. But I can see, though, the flashier striking from Rodriguez being too much for Emmett. But again, it only takes one punch. It does. And then you're eating out of eating, being uh, being spoon fed for the rest of your life. Anyway, back to the fun stuff. More violence. The last one, the lightweight title bout, Islam Makhchev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. This is probably the most underappreciated fight by the UFC, meaning they are not advertising it enough. They probably had the best chance to advertise this fight as probably one of the greatest fights for the UFC. Really? Mm-hmm. Here's why. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky right now is just on a tear of his uh, featherweight division. He is 25-1. and 22-fight win streak. 22. 12 wins by knockout. Seven of them are first-round finishes. And he has defeated some hell of a lot of people. Max Holloway, he's defeated um, the Korean Zombie, Brian Ortega. Those are just the top of it. He beat Holloway again. Beat Holloway a third time. Jose Aldo. These are all big names in the UFC in that division. I know he's going up in weight, but still, these are people that made highlight reels for UFC alone. And Alexander has beaten them all. The man is good. Now, he's now going up one weight class to go challenge Islam Machev. Islam Machev just recently uh, acquired the belt from... So he was also, um, he just took the belt from Charles Oliveira via submission. You know, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu god there, who just also had won the belt beforehand, or re-won the belt via submission as well. So, it's one thing to say. It's Dagestani wrestling. He's been trained by Khabib Nurmagomedov, the former lightweight champion that, you know, held it for, what was it, 30 win streak? He was 30-0 and in the UFC. So this guy was personally trained, well, in the training camps with Khabib, and even Khabib knew he would be a star. Yeah. He is now, again, the lightweight champ. And this is probably the best competition Islam is going to get. Okay. Islam is fantastic. I don't want to discredit him whatsoever. I think it's going to be super close on who's going to win because the, his skill overall, I think, is a little bit better than Alex. However, I do think Alex's fight IQ is probably the best in the entire UFC. The man is smart, knows how to stay calm in any situation. He was nearly submitted um, last time against Brian Ortega for a couple minutes in different situations, too, Okay, and got himself out. Nice. I'm not saying that 
that can happen again with Islam because Islam and Dagestani wrestling, they know how to keep themselves on top and stay on top. Yeah. Um, overall, I think this is going to be a very, very close fight. I don't know if it will be fin- a finish, though. I think there will be a finish, personally. I'm not sure by who. If I had to do a betting gl- bet, though, I would do Alex by knockout. I don't know how good that's going to be, but if you want to take the safe bet, you do Islam by sub. Yeah. If you want to take the risky bet, you do Islam by knockout because I we've seen his power. He dropped Charles without a problem. Yeah. That I would do the easy bet, Islam by sub. Hard bet, Islam by knockout. Easy bet, or not even uh, the reality with Alex, him by knockout or decision. I would not put him to sub whatsoever because I don't think that will happen. But overall, I think this is a fantastic fight that should be watched next um, this weekend coming on. Go to your local Miller's Ale House because they air every UFC fight for uh, pay-per-view for free. And go and enjoy it. And that's all I have for UFC. All right, sweet. A um, few more things wanted to cover. A uh, few notable news. Um, I, I, I consider this notable because it's, it's some big names. Um, we'll start with the NFL. Um, there's been some news recently because the Chargers currently are over uh, 23 mil uh, over the cap space. There's been news that Keenan Allen might be on the chopping block and get cut. Um, his 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 cap is 14.8 million, um, so they're gonna save a good portion of that. And he's getting older and a little injury prone. Um, but the GM came out and said, "I'd rather have good people with," because he said. Um, Good players get paid good money. I'd rather have good players than a lot of cap space. So we'll see what really happens there. Um, I can absolutely see them cutting Keenan Allen, but it's it'll be a shame, I think, that he gave it his all throughout his career. Uh, him being a little bit older, too, it'd be a shame to see him go. Um, on to the NBA, we got um, a big name, Kyrie Irving, is going to the Dallas Mavericks. Um and the internet's been going nuts, saying Luca, Luca's gonna lose his mind whenever Kyrie talks about flat Earth and stuff like that. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to see how they kind of coordinate because I feel like they both want the balls in their hand when like you know clock's ticking down. You need you need a shot. So curious to see which one gets selfless, which one tries to be selfish. Um, and then also the Philadelphia 76ers guard uh, Furkan actually requested for a trade. So we still got until Thursday. That's the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens there. Um, be a shame if he goes, but he's 25. He's on pace to play the fewest games of his his uh, six NBA seasons. So I, I want to see him, you know, grow and reach his potential. So we'll see what happens there. Remember, if you have any questions or, or any um, bets, you can reach out through our email, um, villainajmedia um, at gmail.com, and our Twitter, um, the handle at absportsmedia. And, uh, and kind of to end this off, um, we, we have a platform, um, even if it's just a, two people, uh, we have a platform and feel we have a duty to kind of say something when things like this happen and... A lot of people are, are getting hurt in Turkey and Syria. Specifically, there was a huge earthquake. A lot of buildings are, are kind of crumbling. A lot of people are losing a lot of stuff. Yep. Um, so we want to at least have a platform to say, like, these people are hurting, and this country is hurting, and I think that it's our duty as human beings to try to help them, especially in, like, this type of scenario, because it's awful. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so I did look up real quickly, and one that came up real fast for donations, one for relief. Turkish Red Crescent, which is actually partnered with the American Red Cross. Okay. So Turkish Red Crescent also is the Syria Red Crescent. They're under basically the same umbrella. Okay. You can donate to them directly via Twitter. They have already posted something along on there as well to donate through their link. Or if you go onto their website itself, um, which is called K-I-Z-I-L-A-Y.org, dot T-R because of Turkey, um, and you'll be able to donate. If you want to just type in Turkish Red Crescent, um, yeah, Turkish Red Crescent and donate, the fir- the first link is there as well to donate. Yeah. 
and I know and that will it, work for Syria as well. Yeah, and it's, it's not necessarily a happy note to end on, but it's a note that I think we should end on to get to to. to um, my name's AJ, and I'm Bill, and thank you for listening to AMB Sports Media, the podcast. Yeah. See you next week. See ya.